0: My Check 717, this is Eric T. Jones, a.k.a. Brother Jones, and I just need five minutes of your time. As I investigate the link between racism and racial health disparities for the next several weeks, I think it's essential to cover some of the pivotal historical moments that continually shape black health. One of those moments is the American Civil War. Historian Jim Downs' book, Sick from Freedom, documents the excessive disease and death formerly enslaved persons endured starting with the Civil War and continuing through Reconstruction. While disease and death also impacted soldiers during the Civil War, Downs notes that disease and death disproportionately affected emancipated persons since they often lacked the basic necessities—food, clothing, and shelter. They also lacked medical care because emancipation consequently upended antebellum systems of medical care, generating an institutional vacuum that left ex-slaves defenseless against disease outbreaks. When the Civil War broke out, a significant population of enslaved persons took advantage of the conflict between the Union and the Confederacy, fled the plantation, and journeyed toward the Union barracks for safety. At this moment, enslaved persons became black refugees. This created a problem for the Union because they didn't want anything to do with them for the most part. They were solely focused on defeating the Confederacy. But the Union eventually realized they can use the black refugees as soldiers and laborers. Hence, Abraham Lincoln issuing the Emancipation Proclamation, a military tactic designed to inspire emancipated persons to join the fight and to undermine the Confederacy. Thus the Union established contraband camps to house the black refugees who were considered contrabands of war. Unfortunately, these camps were overcrowded, unsanitary, and became breeding grounds for disease and death. In 1862, abolitionists Harriet Ann Jacobs visited one of these contraband camps, Duff Greens Row, in Washington, D.C., and reported the following. It is almost impossible to keep the building in a healthy condition. Each day brings its fresh additions of the hungry, naked, and sick. In the early part of June, there were some days as many as 10 deaths reported at this place in 24 hours. At this time, there was no matron in the house and nothing at hand to administer to the comfort of the sick and dying. I felt that their sufferings must be unknown to the people. I did not meet kindly, sympathizing people trying to soothe the last agonies of death. Those tearful eyes often looked up to me with the language, Is this freedom? It's disheartening to know that some of our enslaved ancestors left the plantation only to die in a contraband camp. Given these conditions, a select group of Union officials, northern reformers, and black refugees petitioned the federal government to provide them with medical care. Their advocacy led to the Medical Division of the Freedmen's Bureau, which established makeshift hospitals throughout the South during Reconstruction. Still, these hospitals were underfunded and consequently lacked resources. One notable disease that overwhelmed blacks during the Civil War and Reconstruction was smallpox. Although the medical community had a standard protocol for treating this disease, there was a prevailing belief that smallpox was the disease of emancipation. People inside and outside of the medical community, such as congresspersons, believed that free persons were unable to adjust to freedom due to a variety of factors like dirty habits, and immoral behavior. As a result, they believed it was natural for them to contract diseases like smallpox and become extinct. Sit with that for a moment. They believed free persons were preordained to be enslaved and that freeing them would literally kill them. This belief in black extinction is one of the reasons why Congress refused to properly fund the medical division, because in the words of Downs, the demise of former slaves was a foregone conclusion. Congress thereby ignored the living conditions associated with disease and death. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? By 1872, all but one of the medical division hospitals had closed. The lone hospital that remained was Freedman's Hospital in Washington, D.C., which is now Howard University Hospital. The federal government claimed it was now the state's responsibility to provide free persons medical care. In other words, free persons were left to fend for themselves. This is my point. The Civil War may have freed our ancestors from slavery, but it didn't free them from premature disease and death. Once the government disbanded the medical division of the Freedmen's Bureau and delegated medical care to the state, a state that was rapidly moving toward Jim Crow, the foundation for racial health disparities in the postbellum period and beyond was set. You want to know why racial health disparities still exist? Because the black refugees descendants in the 21st century are still living in contraband camps. Is this freedom?